That's the whole allure. I don't know if I should be doing this. I mean, it's like, <laughs> right? That's why you're doing it. This is naughty. <laughs> yeah. Don't show this to your parents. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. They survive on society's leftovers. The half-eaten slice you didn't really want. Doughy balls of scooped-out bagels. Oh, my God. <laughs> the rice. Good God, who could eat all that rice? see him in subway stations where a warm-blooded mammal can rest, and the more I compare him, the more I realize the major difference between rats and homeless people is height. The average adult brown rat, 16 to 20 inches long, and weighs 1 to 2 pounds, can squeeze through holes or gaps the size of a quarter, can leap 4 feet laterally, can survive a 5-story drop, and tread water for 3 days. Those are all skills that promote survival. They are the true New Yorkers, but just like the people who live in New York, but don't have $2,500 a month for a room with a sink, the city itself is their home. New York City, home to 8.4 million people, and a homeless man is at the bottom of the food chain. With no roof, walls, furniture, well, you know where, you know where homeless people keep their liquor? In their blood. But how do rats kill the pain? Well, that's where they're lucky. They have no pain to kill. Fortunately for them, despair is an abstract kind of emotion. Uh, join me now, legendary comedian Ted Alexandra. Hey, Ted. Hey, Pat. Thank hey, you. You live in Astoria, right? I do. And you've been there for a while. About 12 years. You ever live in uh, Brooklyn? No, I, I was born in Queens, a town called Belrose. Mm. Uh, then I lived in Queens Village for a little while, which is a neighboring town. And then I moved to Astoria uh, with a little brief respite in uh, Los Angeles in between. But, yeah, I've been a Queens boy most of my life. Ooh, boy, Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, when you uh, say a town, that's interesting to people, I bet. Not a lot of people like uh, would, would kind of think of it that way or be aware of a, a, a Queens as like a bunch of towns. Yeah, essentially. I mean, you know, uh, as I think a lot of people who move to New York, and especially more now, mm-hmm. um, because when people used to move to New York in the beginning of my comedy career, they were talking about moving to Manhattan. Mm. Then later years, moving to New York meant moving to Brooklyn. <laughs> now more and more, it's meaning moving to Queens. Yeah. So it's funny because people are surprised that in fact, you know, like Astoria and so many other uh, Long Island City and further east, um, they're yeah, they're neighborhoods, they're towns. Yeah, and the, the further out you go, the more towny it gets. Yeah, for sure. Because I was right on the border of Queens and Long Island, so it was even a little bit more suburban. Yeah, well, and plenty of rats all over the city. If, I mean, if, you, go, if you back off far enough, the world has rats. Yeah, that's yeah. right, that's the, right. Yeah, we've always heard, uh, and, and you've probably heard this, what, as far as the number of rats, what, what have you heard? Globally? Well, New York? <laughs> Globally. <laughs> no, like, yeah, New York City. Um, Gosh, 8 million people, 10 million people, um... I don't know. What are there? A million rats? Well, you know, there's uh, there's a little bit more than that. Wow. But the figure that we've always that I've always heard is four times as many rats as people. That's kind of an urban legend number, mm. which would be you know ridiculous. Over thirty six, I guess around thirty six million, something like that. That's what they're saying. Yeah, but, but that's not. Okay. Uh, that's a the, they got an accurate count more or like more accurate. Two thousand fourteen, they made a, an accurate count published by the Royal Statistical Society, hmm. and it flipped the script, putting the figure at one for every four people, about 2.1 huh. million rats. And none of them paying any rent. How about that? <laughs> That's a real steal. They're collecting the rent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's not an anti-Semitic remark. <laughs> just a landlord, anti-landlord remark. General, yeah, just a Boy, general. Think landlord. of the rent you've paid over the years, man. Yeah. 20 years in New York City? Oh, man. Jesus. I, I mean, like when I... Uh, uh, I don't even want to talk about what I paid the apartment. You know, Astoria though is the place to be if for reasonable rent. I think if there is a place to be anymore for reasonable rent. Yeah, even Astoria is getting pretty up there. Now these women uh, rats are really now. Okay, the number one rat uh, is the brown rat, mm. and that's the city's population dominated by the brown rat, just like Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, there's something called uh, receptivity with um, female rats, and that's where reproduction begins. During receptivity, she can mate with various males up to 500 times. Wow. Which is okay. So five, <laughs> 500 different ones. Well, yeah. Up to, I mean, uh, I would say that there might be a guy who gets in line for seconds, but, you know. 
<laughs> up to. Uh, yeah, yeah, with a lot of different partners. Yeah, wow. okay. uh, and that happens about fifteen times a year. Wow, and a, that's like a regular lady rat. I mean, that's not even like a porn rat. That's like you know, <laughs> just every day. Not that rat dudes would have time to watch porn <laughs> with that kind of action. If you do the math, two point one million rats. All right, let's say half are female. Mm-hmm. One million five. Uh, one million fifty thousand, and then. Uh, and that, by the way, they got that number from the census, you know, so they know it's accurate. Wait, like, one million. How, how many people in your household? Right? Uh, was it one million five hundred thousand? Two point one. I think so. Well, no, because it, or is that, oh, you know, well, no, it wouldn't be five hundred thousand. Wait, two point oh, one. You're right. You're right. Yeah, fifty thousand. I did it on a calculator. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so, uh, so if they go into horror mode fifteen times a year. And they fuck up to 500 times. I went with 450 times out of fear. I don't want to break the calculator. Right. So that's, you know, 1,050,000 rats fucking 450 times, 15 occasions annually. That's wow. an astronomical number. She probably lies to her gynecologist. I'm sure. That's been, <laughs> are you active? <laughs> Take that, divide it by 365 days a year and 24 hours a day. That means that during this podcast, rats in New York City will fuck in the neighborhood of 809 and 75 times. Wow. Mostly in the Bronx. Uh, Well, well, that makes me feel strange that I've never happened upon two rats fucking. Like, have you? I've never, I've never, not only have I never, I've never heard a story of it. Yeah, I don't think I have. I think Louis used to have a bit about seeing it, but I've, but I've, other than him, I've never heard anyone even mention it. He does, he has a bit about rats fucking on his latest, on his, uh, what do you call it, the, um, the one that he did at the comedy store. Right. Which I bought and watched. Very yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great special. But yeah, I, I've never seen rats fuck, and, and it <laughs> happens, I guess they, you know, there's a lot of privacy uh, when you get into the subway and stuff like that. Sure, sure. That's all I get. They're discreet about it, to their credit. <laughs> Probably not a lot of foreplay. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's a rat. But anyway, that's, that <laughs> that's might be part of the bit. Yeah. Now I don't want to start quoting. <laughs> so, but hey, that's probably why they only live about a year. It's like, they fuck themselves. Oh, is that right? Rat. Yeah. Oh, wow. The rat's a, three years is a nice old rat. Huh. Uh, it's probably a good way for the species as a whole to go, too, because you know it's like birth, proliferation, Eating. death. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Turns over every year. Keep it fresh. The 2016 just came out. <laughs> this is a quoting now from the rats in New York City Wikipedia page. The whole episode today is rats. Yeah, we're doing a rat only. <laughs> it says each litter uh, has up to a dozen kittens, huh. and that's what they're called. Rat babies are called kittens. kittens. They've got a great PR guy. Yeah, you know, it's the ultimate in political correctness. That's generous. Yeah. Is there an advocacy group that? Uh, and, and then you get into the names of what groups of rats are, because they should work on that. A group of elephants, you know, is a parade, lions of pride, buzzards coming awake, cheetahs a coalition. A group of rats is called a stink. <laughs> is that <laughs> true? No. It's a mischief. <laughs> but uh, that's not that much better. Yeah. Those animal names are fun. But if you start reading a bunch of them, you know, it's like it's diminishing returns. That's uh, right. A mischief. Yeah, a mischief of rats. I like that. People say they're like squirrels without the bushy tail. Okay. I'm not a fan of squirrels either. But also, and isn't it great that New York City, rats in New York City has it, they have their own Wikipedia page. That is great. A lot of people don't have a Wikipedia page. The yeah. Rats in New York City have their own. Well, the thing about New York, too, is like, you you know that they have their own kind of um, subculture of people that are obsessed with rats. Like, every, you know, there's, people are obsessed with everything. I mean, it's probably true all over the world, but certainly in New York. Oh, yeah. You know. And probably their own sort of like obsession with, even the rats are New York centric. Right, right. Like if you talk to a homeless person, and not to go on with the homeless comparison, which de Blasio is dealing with this whole homeless thing, like uh, they, they really, it's it, now it's become a struggle between between him and and Cuomo, yeah, to see who can be the least effective in dealing with this <laughs> right. particular problem. At least they got him out, you know, out of the cold, yeah, supposedly. Right. I, I shook hands with a homeless guy once. I had diarrhea by the end of the day. It's like you can't. What do they call it? What is it? A pride of homeless? If there's. <laughs> <laughs> a dejection. A dejection. <laughs> I think it's a, a meeting, an AA meeting. <laughs> right. and now, the New York City rats it says carry pathogens that cause diarrhea, vomiting, and fever in humans, especially in children. The pathogens they carry include bacteria such as uh, Clostridium, Clostridium difficile, Salmonella, E. coli, uh, a lot of other stuff is listed. And these bacteria can be spread through contact with rat feces, saliva, urine. 
They carry disease-causing viruses. It's, it's a serious thing. It's not just the tail that keeps them separate. I don't know what you can get from a, a squirrel, but it's probably all the same shit. Well, they say, like, most New York restaurants have rats, right? Like, I've heard that, like, just about every New York kitchen, like, you know, if you go in the back, mm. you know, in the uh, alleyways and whatnot, there's rats everywhere. Oh, my God. You know, so, I mean, you're talking about even if it's casual contact or there's got to be all sorts of health. Like, how does any restaurant pass health inspection? <laughs> they I'd, pay a lot of money. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's all just driven by a uh, graft. It's got to be. You know, um, they. Uh, I, I've known people who uh, own, you know, the, those kind of businesses. And if you don't give them a certain amount of money, it's a shakedown. That's all it is. Yeah. It, it, it had gotten to a really bad point for a while. I don't know what it's like now, but I think I hope that it's gotten better as far as that goes. There was a, a kitchen in, uh, I think it was the Lower East Side, um, very popular dumpling restaurant. And these, they have photos from up above. And you can spot out like they're rolling them in the in, they're rolling dumplings in the uh, in the alley, which is ridiculous. You know? Oh man, <laughs> it's they're outside, outside, <laughs> and there's rats everywhere. Oh and god, just, and and they got they got shut down temporarily. But yeah. man, those they're very popular, great I dumplings, bet. I bet. delicious. <laughs> you know they can't keep up with demand, right? Uh, and speaking of the Chinese, uh, a suspect at large in the apparently random slashing of a Chinese foreign exchange student in Queens. Huh. Well, has written a note to the 16-year-old victim expressing his sympathies in the attack on the innocent victim. Turns out it might not have been so random after all. Uh, this was uh, in Flushing about, I don't know, a month ago in December. Uh, this uh, a strange-looking uh, sinister guy in a costume walked up and just slashed this, this poor girl. Uh, she had about 200 stitches. Well, um, the note was addressed to another 16-year-old girl the one with the apology in it, and it goes on to explain that she was the intended target, oh, that wow. he meant to carve up her face, Ugh. that he still intends to do it. Wow. The note says, I know a lot about you, bitch. You fucked with the wrong person. Mm. Really? I fucked with the wrong person. You cut the wrong Asian chick. <laughs> <laughs> I think you fucked with the wrong person. I've got news for you. Like, literally. Yeah. I'm starting to think that you don't know that much about this girl, too. <laughs> you, got, you got the wrong one. And when you say he was in costume, like what is it? Like he was in disguise or literally in a, in a costume? Well, it wasn't like a Halloween costume. Right. Uh, he was wearing something like a, like sort of uh, a lot of black and uh -huh. kind of something covering his face. Sort uh -huh. of ninja-like, yeah. but it's so blurry that you don't really get a good read on it. Right. The photo is running away. Right, right. And now they have this video of, of, of this... Uh, I, the people who left this note, this guy and his friend, uh, it was stuck on the windshield of the family car and also has it, its tires slashed. It was covered with eggs and glue. They fucked up this uh, Lexus SUV. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, so they have video of all that happening. Surveillance, I guess. It went on to say that 2016 is going to be an exciting year for her, that her beautiful face will soon be cut up and ruined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 if i get the wrong girl this time fuck it we're just gonna go with it you know you're the right, one right uh, she used to date a guy who was jealous and possessive it turns out and the note was signed the guy you should never fuck over <laughs> was that? and then was added p.s stop being a slut well come on yeah why the slut shaming it's kind of early in the year for that you know like you should at least wait till february just, you know, to to cut up a slot. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, usually the spring and summer is when you really get the violent stuff. Yeah. And and and, and there's there was a ten day period in 2015 with no killings. Is that right? It was so cold. It was too cold to kill. Huh. And no rapes for I don't know a while. And j just last year, you said. Just last year. Yeah. yeah the ten day period was. Uh, or was it 2014? I think it was last year. It was yeah. it, it, because I remember people going like, "Wow, a new record, long time, uh, ten years, no murders." Uh, there's a lot of slashings since since November. There's like seven random slashings. Wow. Uh, I guess this one turns out to be not as random. Uh, there were uh, I, there was one in well in Chelsea, uh, 23rd Street and Seventh. A guy walked up to a lady. Are they all male on female? Not all of them. In fact, one uh, is uh, transsexual on male, transsexual female on mm -hmm. male, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, not the kind of uh, transsexual violence that you <laughs> that you sign up for. That you usually hear. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, she, uh, her name was, um, what was her name? Chrisette, something like that. Uh, Chrissy. Uh, she had a uh, fun name uh, as a performer. Was actually mugging for the camera. 
Huh. Smiling, laughing, and stuff like that. There's a video of this. You can see um, she is uh, very uh, seemingly upset, and um, but uh, like it, like in a fun way, you know. And they like, were. I'm going to cut you. Is what she says. Like, threatening to cut this these guys who are. I mean, uh, for all the world, looks as if she's straight up the aggressor. Yeah. Um. She said some other stuff happened before the video started. Who knows? But she posted on Facebook about it, and I think has turned herself in at this point. Wow. There was another one. Uh, a guy just walked up behind a guy and just uh, kind of stabbed him in the buttocks four times. Huh. <laughs> he said he didn't even notice until he got home and it was blood in his uh, panties. <laughs> and, uh, but so uh, what, uh, let's see, what was, and, and then this guy uh, who cut the woman in Chelsea also cut a woman in the Bronx. Same guy. Same guy. Huh. Uh and um, and, I, and no clue why all this happens. Why, why the satisfaction of walking up to somebody and uh, and slashing them like that? There was another guy who had said something about the tourists were annoying, and then the guy was a Brooklyn resident. He wasn't a tourist. Like, hey, I'm not a tourist. What do you? And then the guy like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't. If someone, you know, slash know, why, someone, why confront? Someone? Why slash? <laughs> why slash? Yes, but <laughs> I should not do that. Yeah. Do you remember there was a really high profile one like? Gosh, it must have been 10 or 15 years ago. I think her name was Marla something. But she was, I think she was a model, as a matter of fact. But she had, like, you know, it was like almost like a scarecrow type thing. Like, this guy really did a mm. job on her face. But I remember it being kind of a sensationalized thing in New York. Gosh, it must have been probably closer to 15 years ago. Yeah. Do you remember that? Were you mm-hmm. living here at the I time? I wasn't living here at the time. Because it was like front page. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd say... Uh, well, I guess everything comes back around again. It's like trends, you know, wide mm-hmm. ties, skinny ties, slashings. Right. Piano key. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll never come back. No, no. I mean, if you're not in Shana, nah, avoid the piano key tie. That's right. Now, uh, we also have, uh, uh, in, in other Chinese crime, um, <laughs> interesting um, uh, situation here with, uh, do, you, do you ever do karaoke? Sure. Okay, now, I don't really... Uh, I didn't know that karaoke was so cool, but I bet you do. Did, have you done it in Queens, like deep Queens, like flushing? I've never done like, no, the deep <laughs> flushing karaoke where you get your own room and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. See, I didn't even know about that. You get your own room. Yeah, you can get your own room and do like a either a couple or a, or a party or whatever, yeah. That sounds like you're asking for trouble. Yeah. Uh, well, um, apparently there's a, a, well, a couple of Queens cops have been busted for tipping off uh, club owners you know, uh, about um, upcoming uh, busts in exchange for cheddar. And uh, there's widespread drug use in these places, these lively karaoke clubs of flushing. The party goes until 4 a.m. and beyond, and an NYPD investigation has revealed a cozy relationship between some bar owners and officers in the 109th precinct, like 37-year-old detective Yat Yu Yam collected tens of thousands of dollars just to keep the cops away. Huh. Wouldn't I, I would not have known that that was such a that that was such a problem. He approached a club owner in Flushing. He stated to the club manager that he got paid on, if he got paid on the table, he would notify the club manager if narcotics or vice units scheduled uh, police raids that were coming up. There was one inspection at the club. Uh, the cops showed up. Three three or four people arrested on drug possession charges. This detective Yam phoned a cop at the scene, and the club goers were released. And. Uh, there we go. So he had this arrangement with several places. Queens DA Richard Brown said, instead of upholding the law, the defendants are now charged with tarnishing their NYPD badges to unjustly enrich themselves. The other guy was Lieutenant Robert Sung. <laughs> Perfect name <laughs> for taking bribes and obstructing governmental uh, administration. Now, the NYPD crime reward, awards, they're not rewards. You don't you don't have to do anything except the it's an award it's an award situation like the like the Oscars like the Golden Globes right a little less um, they're not as prestigious as that yet uh, yeah, have you ever been to uh, any of those shows like the Golden Globes and those kinds of things mm-hmm. no uh, the closest I came was I went to an award show in um, where where was it I don't even it was in the Middle East. It was, it was in the, I was doing a gig in the Middle East and, uh, but De Niro was there cause De Niro, you know, does the Tribeca film awards. Mm-hmm. So this was the Tribeca, oh, in Doha. Um, yeah. What is, where, where is Doha? In Qatar, I guess. Is that right? Is Doha? 
somebody looked that up, but yeah. <laughs> Do, <laughs> Do, Do, it was the Doha Tribeca Film Festival. Um, and so De Niro was there hosting it. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Hosting it? Yeah. And That's I w- so hard to imagine. Yeah, it was really weird. I mean, you know, by hosting, I mean, like, he kind of started things off, and they passed it off to, like, some local uh, celebrities. Okay. But he was kind of periodically coming out. Um, so, wow. yeah, I mean, I had been in a documentary that Ahmed Ahmed did called uh, Just Like Us about comedy in the Middle East. So that's why I was there. Oh, okay. So that was the closest I ever came to, like, kind of an award show. Wow, what an interesting one to do. Yeah. I thought maybe um, when you said uh, the Muslim documentary, uh, it made me think of uh, the Muslims are coming. Right, right. Dino Bolidala. Yep. And uh, Nagin Farsad. Yeah. I think he was Italian at one time, wasn't he? <laughs> Before 9-11, yes. <laughs> Man, that's pretty cool. Like to just, just switch. Yeah. Now, the NYPD Crime Awards are presented to those individuals who best exemplify qualities... And none more prestigious than Educator of the Year. Uh, people who believe that children are the future, and there's just something irresistibly <laughs> sexy about that. There are many, many criminally abusive teachers, but the NYC Crime Award for Educator of the Year, presented to the nominee who best abuses the privilege of their position, who mocks the public trust with singular contempt that damages the young lives of their victims, the families of their victims, as well as their own families, the other teachers and students in school, and and in the end, tears at the fabric of a timeless social contract where they were, they were just too horny and, and selfish uh, to obey that. These are people whose life amounts to a kind of living sarcasm. The educator who best holds up the hard, ironic mirror to pervert things that are good. <laughs> Twisted Educator is society's sorest for uncle. Now, you were a teacher, right? I was for, yeah, five or six years. Now, uh, in here in New York City, in Queens? Yes. Uh, well, in I was all over the city when I first started because, like, when you're first starting, you kind of, uh, before you get a permanent position, you're substitute teaching. So they kind of call you in the morning and tell you where you're going. So I was all over uh, pretty much Queens, Manhattan, Brooklyn. But then once I got a permanent job, I was in Queens. Okay, and and I, that's obviously preferable. Yeah, for me it was because I was living in Queens. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, but to have a permanent position anywhere. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and also it was a better district. I was in a good district, so that helped as well. Oh, okay, and because... Uh, it, 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 is that that's a plum that's hard to get right i mean like uh there's not too many uh as far as landing a job in like a good district. like a really nice district yeah yeah it was, it, i think i was helped by the fact uh two things that i was male in elementary school because those are are at a premium and also oh. i was a music teacher uh so a lot of schools are looking for good arts programs so i think the combination you know made me a little bit in demand a music teacher yeah uh, you, I would assume, were a very cool teacher. I think so. I mean, like, I was 25 years old when I started, thereabouts. Mm. So, you know, at that age, I just felt like I was kind of doing an imitation of a teacher, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, they call you Mr. Alexandro, and you're like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I loved me. I had been a jazz piano major in college, so I loved music, and I wanted to kind of pass that along uh, to, to kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know for sure that I really knew what I was doing. So why did you get out of it? Well, comedy was starting to take off, because I was doing comedy the whole time at night, you know. So, um, yeah, after about five or six years, I was sort of eking out a living in comedy, and had put away enough money from teaching that I thought, like, all right, let me take a shot at this. Mm. There's so many teachers who are abusive to the kids. Yes. Do uh, does this surprise you when you when you read about these? Comments? No, I mean nothing. No, no uh, job that deals uh, with kids uh, does it surprise me that there's people uh, abusing them. You know, like mm. whether it's priests or some type of clergy or boy scouts girl scouts what have you coaches uh yeah. teachers that's you know that's exactly what chris laker likes to say is that anytime there's a guy who wants to deal with kids for a living you can keep your eye on that guy yeah well he shouldn't a, be allowed right and as a male in the elementary school level i certainly felt that um that kind of um stereotype you know mm-hmm. like you could feel them like watching you and stuff <laughs> um <laughs> You know, which I, I used to do a joke about it that, like, it's kind of unfortunate because as males, like, you know, we have just as much of a 
um, uh, an instinct to um, nurture and to help kids and stuff. But like you have to suppress that to an extent. Like whereas a woman can just scoop up a child and then all but breastfeed them because uh, it's seen as like maternal, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that thing. No. <laughs> huh. Well, uh, I, that never really occurred to me that, that there would be a predisposition of a lot of people to kind of like go like, that's all right, this guy. Yeah, what's up with this guy? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah okay. That's that's how I always felt when I was with, uh, you know. With like uh, a girl and her parents or whatever, you know what I mean. But so, I, uh, <laughs> but I mean, that, it's not even children for Christ's sake. Well, the, these right. awards, okay, now presented to individuals who best exemplify, uh, like I said, these kind of qualities. And the winner of the 2014 New York City Crime Award for Educator of the Year, 45-year-old Sean Shanehack. That was last year, last year's winner. He lit up switches and activated sequences we'd only read about on the apron of the machine. <laughs> he was a popular teacher known by some students as Shay Shay. Uh, known by others as that nerdy guy who took me across state lines to watch him have sex with other men. <laughs> uh, and we've seen him in his trademark bow tie. Uh, you, you own a bow tie? Did I? know? Do you own a bow tie? No. Yeah. Do I own one? No. I, but I, although, like, I was just recently looking at old photos of me as a teacher, and I was, like, wearing ties, and, like, I looked like, I looked 45 then. <laughs> it was weird. That's got to be, that's got to be good, though, yeah. as a teacher, you want I, I think so. You well, know, a tie, a tie, I had no problem with a tie, a bow tie, though. If you're not a loud singer. <laughs> right. Or Chip and Dale, or Tom Shalhoub. Or Fruit of Islam. You know. yeah. Farrakhan. <laughs> Tom Shalhoub, right? Yeah. Either extreme. Yeah. I, I like Tom Shalhoub. And he can, he can pull off a bow tie. He's, he's, he's maybe the only guy. For sure. No, he's doing that. Because he's also, quartet, right, the, you know. right, the barbershop stuff. Yeah. Kinda, <laughs> if you've got like a multicolored striped jacket, it really works a lot better. You know, like a straw hat. But he's uh, uh, usually a guy in a bow tie is some kind of sneaky fuck. Right. And Tom's the exception uh, to that. Sean Shanak bow tie rule. He took a teen to a nude beach. He took another to an out of state gay themed sex club in New Jersey. How did New York City get behind in the field of gay themed sex clubs <laughs> to the point where you got to leave town? Really? Go to yeah, Jersey? He really took all the fun out of this town. <laughs> Giuliani. So what? So what? Um, so this guy uh, in particular was taking same-sex students. Or? No, opposite sex. That's the weird thing. Is that like he had girls, seven girls, and one of them he took to the nude beach. One he took to a gay-themed sex club so that she could watch him, you know, uh, huh. have sex with men. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. It's, what a weird way to go. Yeah. Got a nice piece of teenage pussy there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Lifting it, looking at gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, you could, that's a good way. I, and maybe that's why they went all the way to Jersey, not to get caught. However, I think that he knew his contract wasn't going to come back up. None of these girls were actually underage. They were all, you know, 17 being the age of consent. And I think he would uh. wait until they were the appropriate age, which is also bad in a way worse. As I, you know, but uh, yeah. And then so, um, but can you be charged with anything if, if like, is it a crime to take a seventeen-year-old to watch, watch you have sex? I don't know. That's such a weird thing. It's like, uh, is that criminal? I guess you can easily be fired for it. Well, crossing state lines with a minor is criminal. Oh, okay. So uh, it's funny. Like you can you you're not old enough to cross state lines, but you're old enough to to fuck the teacher, I guess. <laughs> but it's considered kidnapping, and at that right. point, oh, right, like, right. yeah, the maximum sentence is like twenty-five years. Wow. It's a really serious thing. So. Uh, by the way, when you see him in court, he's wearing a necktie. <laughs> uh, he got caught because of Snapchat, a Snapchat dick pic, and the rest is herstory. Wow. Teenage girls, they don't want pictures of your middle-aged dick and balls. It That's seems right. so obvious. Yeah, <laughs> That's an easy one. <laughs> Still the urge to do this. By the way, he taught aeronautics, um, and he rewarded at least one student with perfect grades for engaging in sexual conduct. It said teacher Sean Shanak would routinely give one teen 100s in his class, even though she turned in work with no answers. That's according to Brooklyn prosecutor Joseph Mancino. That's one student he failed to inspire, I would say. Yeah. But why does something like that happen? I think it's lack of positive female role models. And Nita Singupta works as a project manager in NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And uh, she says, I don't have a perfect answer, but I can say this. I, uh, I, she says, I'm also a professor at USC. There are very few female professors in hard science and engineering fields. So there aren't enough female role models girls can look up to and feel like this kind of thing is normal. It's a huge distractor. There aren't enough role models pulling girls in. Uh, talking about into aeronautics. 2014, the number of jobs for aerospace engineers, 72,500. 
87% of students majoring in aerospace engineering were men. 87%. Wow. Seemingly endless list of, of powerful men, though, who have cheated on their spouses, broken up families because of a desirable woman. A corresponding list of desirable women who use sex to get what they want, be it money, power, or grades. So it's not just a lack of positive female role models, but an abundance of negative female role models. Uh, of seven victims, by the way, five didn't. That's uh, you know, you, this is that's why people listen to the podcast twice sometimes. <laughs> of seven victims, five didn't want to testify, and one didn't cooperate with the prosecutors at all, or didn't want to anymore. So of of the uh, that guy Shay Shay of yeah of Shay Shay's uh, <laughs> Sean Shane ex victims right yeah two were still into him. They continued contacting him after his arrest. But that's not unusual, right? Is it? I, I don't think know. with with students and teachers, like a lot of times that. Uh, even after, I think I heard one. Even after they've been incarcerated, they reunite years later. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh yes. And well, like like Mary Kay uh, with the Latorno woman, right? Right. Um, who wound up with she had a twelve year old that she had sex with. Oh wow! And they're still together. Is that right? They have kids. Oh wow! They're they're a happy couple. That's I mean, amazing. she's getting up there, you know. <laughs> sure Straight her in at some point. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's how he'll have to register as a sex offender when he gets out. He might have to surrender his pilot's license because apparently you can be such a bad sex offender. They won't let you fly. And um, yeah, get a bunch of girls and just take the fuck off. There was one girl that he would not sign the order of protection. Yeah. So he still has to stay away from her. But it's just like, I, I oh, intend right. to see her again. You know, it's funny. I, I date, not dated. I went on a date with a girl like probably 10 years ago or maybe 15. Um, and I remember her, I, I remember her telling me on the date that she used to flash her teacher. Uh, like she would wear like a thong or whatever. And she'd go to his office and it became this thing where she would like, and it, it definitely like, and she never like slept with him or anything, but at least according to what she said. Yeah. But it, I think it impacted her grades and stuff. Like he took care of her, kind of like because she would like go to his office and show her ass. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you know that's where you go. Well, I mean, these are just facts. That's not victim blaming. Right. That's just something that happened. I yeah. don't know how to process that. Yeah, and you, I mean you can't blame the kid, right? Because like kids. You know, at that age, you, you kind of like you'll go as far as the adult will let you in some in some instances, right? Mm -hmm. Like the yeah. person who's in power, mm -hmm. and some people are inclined to like, let's see how far I can take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess being a teacher can be a pretty lonely, boring sort of a job. Yeah, you probably don't uh, just kill it out there necessarily in the real world. No. And then you get an opportunity, and you go, "Man, that was like that made me feel good." Yeah. Well, a health teacher is under arrest to charge uh, having sex with a drunk 16-year-old in the bathroom of a sleazy East Village lounge. This is your first nominee for Educator of the Year 2015. His name is David Azermendi. He's a health teacher at Lamont Manhattan Preparatory School, or at least he was. This uh, arrest came back in July. 34-year-old... Uh, he taught for three years at the Tony Manhattan Prep School, and on the night of his last day at work, he finally succumbed to the lust, the tantalizing forbidden teen flesh of a, of, of a girl. Uh, and I guess it might have, maybe it was one of those situations like you describe. I don't know. It doesn't say that. This, the, the tuition is like forty three grand a year. He's starting a new job at Greenwood School in Putney, or he was going to in Vermont. Well, you can forget about Putney. <laughs> you got to straighten out this shit. The last night of work, too. Wow. You'd think, you know, I guess he just would have, just could not make, it was at Lit Lounge, which uh, I don't guess exists anymore. Well, Lit was where they were doing uh, comedy as a second language. Uh, after it left Cabin, it oh. went across the street to Lit. <laughs> and then this. Yeah, so chances are somebody already fucked in the bathroom there. <laughs> <laughs> Artsy hotspot on Second Avenue. It was right across the street then, right? Yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. Well, she admitted she'd been drinking before she joined him in the bathroom, and it must have, uh, uh, it would have made, it might have stayed a secret, but the young woman blabbed about it to a male friend. And uh, that's, by the way, not my word. I yeah. took that out of the paper. Blabbed? Blabbed. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, this was a student of his, mm -hmm. and they had planned it, premeditated, or it just so happened they were both there? Or? Boy, it sounds as if the yeah. guy is just like a real innocent victim here. Like, they, they had coordinated it, but... Uh, <laughs> 
You know, I think that I think though he they, there must have been you know how that goes. I right. mean, like I can't imagine the guy would just show up at a place like that. For, right. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's only thirty four, so why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I hung out there in my thirties. Mm-hmm. You know, like because it was kind of uh, around where there's a bunch of comedy clubs. So like I remember meeting people for drinks there. Yeah. Many times, and yeah, there's always young girls around, but I wouldn't think they were high school. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Liquored up teenager in the bathroom of the East Village Club. I was I'm looking now into the story of the actual printed story to see if it says like how uh how it how it did happen. Um let's see, he crossed the line. Oh, yep, okay. Contrary to what his lawyer said in court, as your Mendy told cops he crossed the line after the victim invited him to meet her and some friends at the lit lounge. Ah. And she uh there we go. Well, I mean, you don't just extend that invitation unless you tend to intend to fuck him in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and also you think he's going to say yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah, don't exactly. take that chance, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you're pretty sure he's going to show up. Yeah, or or you say it casually, like all of us are going, you know, whatever. But right. uh, yeah, I, I'd say that there must have been some sort of uh, some sort of understanding. Uh, right. Anyway, he's the first nominee. Uh, he's charged with rape, statutory rape, sexual abuse, acting in a manner a manner injurious to a child. This guy doesn't have a chance of winning. No, he's uh, yeah. That's a one occasion in the bathroom. Now, this was the guy that they went to his uh, house and arrested him, right? Like, wasn't wasn't he? Yes, he, he was in, like in a shorts and t shirt. Yeah, <laughs> he just looked kind of like. Yeah, he, like he was at a cookout. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but not a happy day at all. No. Uh, yeah, didn't he, end well. Apparently, um, let's see. Uh, yeah, a well-appointed home in Chatham, New Jersey. Is that what I'm understanding yes. here? Yeah, boy. Uh, that guy is. Uh, he doesn't even seem like a bad guy. He's the guy who's just like fuck. I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's so, uh, such a world of difference between a 16 year old and a 17 year old. That's right. And and there you go. <laughs> in the Bronx, uh, this this teacher. This is Henry Bueno. Algebra teacher at the Academy for Language and Technology in the Bronx. He sent one of his students a video of, of him masturbating uh, and even offered the 14 year old money for oral sex. This is so reckless, I can't solve for why. <laughs> and, what, and, and what about her grades? You know? Yeah. You think she must have already had the good grades? You would think. If he's not doing that for her but they're having sex the ironically named henry bueno charged with sending uh pictures of his private parts he was arrested and then reassigned uh, the allegations are incredibly disturbing said a spokes spokeswoman devorah k this teacher is immediately reassigned pending resolution of the criminal case uh, he'd been teaching algebra in morris heights and he's been charged also with disseminating indecent material to a minor um what is endangering the welfare of a child? I guess it's just like there's so many layers of this shit. Yeah. Criminal solicitation. Yeah. yeah. Henry Bueno. He he, he texted her. Um, he apparently he made this like really straight up, straightforward. Uh, they they were acquainted for a year before his sexual desires started to get the better of him. He texted, "I want to make a proposition. I will give you one hundred dollars for oral sex." <laughs> it's almost like it reads like a word problem, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. If a man. <laughs> Offers. <laughs> I will give you $150 yeah. for sex. He says, uh, so 100 for oral sex, $150 sex. Uh, not a lot of 14-year-old uh, girls can give a $100 blowjob. Yeah, he overpaid. That's yeah. what he <laughs> I don't even think she, I don't know if she came through with it. Uh, uh, she says that he sent her a, a video of him masturbating, and during the video, he says, "I don't know if I should do this." Well, seek yeah, the advice the, of literally anyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole allure. I don't know if I should be doing this. I that's, mean, it's like, <laughs> right? That's why you're doing it. <laughs> this is naughty. <laughs> yeah. Don't show this to your parents. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So he sent a uh, a video of him jerking off to her, and that and then that was turned in as evidence. I would say that was the smoking gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and plus maybe there were some photos as well. Uh, yeah. It's to, weird. It's weird though, because it, 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 like any other, like any other person that you spend a year with, like, you know, at your job mm-hmm. is a colleague, right? Yeah. 
but right, at school yeah. it's like yeah <laughs> you know it's the only one that you're you're around you know underage people and but they're not clearly clearly not your peers no. or colleagues but but yeah you're working with them yeah and 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 some Getting and they to know them and certainly them. expect to be treated as adults mm-hmm. you have to treat them you know fairly at mm-hmm. a certain point mm-hmm. uh so yeah i guess it could <laughs> you're bound to develop some kind of a bond you want you know but yeah. people have to be and there's so many teachers so many students Yep. And so many of them are attractive, apparently. <laughs> uh, he sent a picture of his erect penis. He said she turned him on. Uh, now, uh, you know, that's clearly illegal. Bueno released on, released on $75,000 bail. Robert Kane is the last uh, nominee. I guess he probably really the last nominee. He was at James Madison High. Are you familiar with James Madison High? Where is that? It is uh, in, it's in Brooklyn. No. Uh, I don't know specifically where I think I have it in here somewhere, but it's uh, it, it, it's known as Horn Dog High, <laughs> the the highest for high. I want to get naked. <laughs> Jizz Matasuck, <laughs> high school's answer to Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> Noted for teachers sucking teachers, like when uh, school safety agents spotted two lipstick lesbo language instructors and a below-the-belt lip lock in a classroom. Mm. And the Spanish teacher was demonstrating to the French teacher how to roll her R's. <laughs> in 2013, uh, a married math teacher tutored her way into infamy and humiliated her hipster lawyer husband by giving lots of oral sex to a 16-year-old student in her SUV. And with each new salacious fact, the tabloids would tell the sordid story all over again, much to the husband's dismay. You know, this, her less than likable life mate had no choice but to continue going cuckoo for cuckold buffs. <laughs> That's, you can turn it off now. But uh, here, here's, here's how you write a headline. Special ed teacher fucked a student every day for two months. Report. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, times eight. Wow. Yeah. Tearing up teenage ass has a new name, and it's Kane. Special Special Commissioner of Investigation for City Schools, Richard Condon, commissioned an investigation because he was the commissioner of investigation, so he commissioned an investigation into the fucking. And uh, school uh, was out when, when the report came out in July, Condon's report, but in it, Condon says, 38-year-old special ed teacher Robert Kane, 38, married two kids, spotted a girl in his participation in government class for the special ed student, which I don't, I mean, how do you teach participation in government? By fucking them. Special ed style. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. So, yeah, have, yeah. have sex with her every day. <laughs> every day. Yeah. Any questions? <laughs> Think globally, but take action in my pants. <laughs> Pull the curtain, grab the lever, hold your nose, and pray for a tie. <laughs> yeah. He met her in September, joked with the girl, chatted about classwork, uh, family, teased her, and complimented her, her clothes and hair. This is a sound approach. Yeah. He opened up about his own young daughter, which gets kind of gross. Uh, his his ongoing divorce and and, uh, and and how there was no more sex between him and his wife. The student told Probers that she liked Kane. She didn't want to see him depressed. Now you can start the sexy soul music. Nothing cheers up a 38-year-old man like teenage pussy. Daily. Kane walked around to the girl's desk. This is how it all got started. He whispered in her ear, I have inappropriate feelings for you. After class, the girl went to Kane's office to ask what he meant. He locked the office door, approached the girl, came from behind, groped her breasts. Uh, the girl said she was nervous, surprised, and shocked, but that she let Kane fondle her. Uh, the pair described... Uh, as excited, went to a room on the sixth floor where they ate, where they had sex, and uh, they went to a room marked "sex room." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's almost like that, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Now I know it's a bit of a cliche, but like, why is it always like you know men are you know, like the the woman who does this type of thing is seen as like uh, having a mental breakdown or a kind of you know, um, just in a bad way mentally, whereas the the man is just kind of seen as, you know, being a being a dirtbag. Yeah, good question. Um, that's a, that is a good. Well, I mean, she's well, she's in special ed, so I mean, like, yeah, that that, that is an extra layer. <laughs> the meltdown is well, she's who knows how special that is, I, right? You know, there are, yeah, great. there's so many different levels of the, 
But you mean the woman? You mean like a woman teacher? Woman teacher, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, for uh, doing the same type of thing to her. Right? It's usually seen as like, wow, she's uh, she must be mentally ill or having some sort of <laughs> breakdown. Right. But uh, the same standards don't really uphold to the man. It's just like, what an asshole. Yeah, that's true. And and I think that it's it's maybe we get the better end of that as like adults like when things are just like uh like it's a, uh, if a guy fucks a lot it's you know so you know no but if a woman fucks a lot it potentially could be seen as like uh too promiscuous or something like yeah, that well, like there's something wrong with her but the, the right. guy gets away with it yeah. well even I, I was thinking like the other day of how many words there are to describe a promiscuous male right like you know womanizer or uh, Lothario, or yeah. you know, a ladies' man. <laughs> yeah. Like the, we, all these kinds of euphemisms. Like, yeah. but there, there aren't for women, right? Like, it's just like slut, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, they certainly don't sound positive. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, party girl. Uh, right. You know, uh, a team player. Right. Right. Like, mm. wh- I mean, wo- like, what does the term womanizer even mean? Like, that's such a weird term to womanize right like what does that mean <laughs> it sounds like you're turning something into a woman <laughs> right like she's almost human now that i'm fucking her <laughs> yeah by the winter we're gonna, we're gonna have her womanized in the winter uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. rust proofed <laughs> yeah that's a funny you're right that is a funny word and lothario sounds like a, a character in a shakespeare uh, i guess it's what it is it's i think what, it right yeah. the, the derivation lothario after that uh condon report came out uh boy this, this guy was totally fought career over i'm sure uh spiraling teacher he, he picked up this girl now the girl suggested that they spend the day together in a uh, comfort in uh hot sheets motel and he uh, that's what they did. He picked her up. He took her there where Kane photographed her rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> the girl got jealous when she heard about Kane dating a teacher. And uh, they confronted him with everything. The $250 credit card received. $250, man. That's like, that's, you know. At the Comfort Inn? Yeah, Comfort Inn. <laughs> exactly. What did, yeah. they, what did they order? Yeah. Uh, so that's the story. Okay, so those are the nominees. I feel as if I might have discussed these on another episode. I suddenly realized. But these are the official nominees yeah. for Educator of the Year. They are, as I said, Robert Kane, we just discussed. Henry Bueno, who, uh, Henry Bueno, uh, the guy who, uh, what did, what did Henry That was do? the $100 for, um, and she was underage, right? She was 12. Oh, boy. The yeah. algebra teacher. That's a very interesting one, yeah. And Morris Heights, that's uh, yeah, 33-year-old Bueno. Uh, sent a video of himself masturbating, and of course, uh, as your Mendy, who, um, like I said, don't even consider him. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that will will announce the winner uh, of that in the very near future. Now, um, uh, I, I know you have to go. You don't have all night to to be here. You have uh, a show with a seller tonight. You're often at the seller. Yeah, yeah. When I'm in town, the seller is kind of usually where I'm at. We have. Uh, do you have anything out of town coming up that you want to mention? Yeah. Yes, I'll be at the Wolf Trap in Vienna, Virginia on January 29th. The Wolf Trap? Yeah. On January 29th. Uh, what's the Wolf Trap? It's this really cool venue. I actually played it with uh, Jim Gaffigan this summer when I was touring with him. And they have a smaller room <laughs> that I will be playing. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. God, Gaffigan got, he's just gigantic and funny and hilarious. Oh, man. He's, yeah, he's great. Gigantic in terms of fame. And he's in a clip uh, of, he's also on your show, um, which is Teacher's uh, Lounge. Teacher's Lounge. Yeah. And based on your real experiences, you seem like the character you play is a little bit less uh, likable. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> than real life, Ted. Yeah. Why did you want to go that way? Um, well, you know, I write it with my friend Hollis James, who I went to Queens College with, and we started in comedy as a duo uh, 25 years ago, 24 years ago. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, so we go way back. So I think, like, we're not afraid of kind of just painting one another in, like, whatever colors come up. They don't have to be flattering. <laughs> <laughs> and is Hollis uh, also a character on the show? Yeah, Hollis plays the janitor. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah so Hollis and I, uh, every th- you can see all 10 episodes on, on YouTube. But Hollis and I co-write it, and uh, he plays the janitor. I play the music teacher, and we're always kind of just hanging out in the teacher's lounge. And then various comedians come in playing faculty members, mm-hmm. such as Jim Gaffigan as the school nutritionist, and Lewis Black's the principal. Yeah, and I recognize the discipline agent. Uh, um, okay, I'm blanking on his name right now. 
Oh, uh, Jeffrey Joseph. Je- Jeffrey Joseph. Yes. For some reason, the name George, and I knew it wasn't right. So yeah. I didn't say it. Jeffrey Joseph. It's yeah. Been, wow. Uh, dean you know, of Discipline. Dean of Discipline. <laughs> yeah. In the whites only thing. That's right. That's always great. Uh, all right, Todd. Well, hey, uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us. It's, been, it's a real distinct pleasure to have you here. I oh, hope you can come pleasure. back again. For sure. Thank you, yeah. And uh, thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Back at the cellar then after but, that, yeah. okay. And um, so, what was the money bump the first time? It went the first time it went from fifty to sixty, because it had been fifty, I think, since the mid eighties, from what I was told. That's weekend spots at clubs. Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay, mm-hmm. so what about the weekdays? During the week, I think it was ten bucks, maybe, maybe fifteen at some, mm-hmm. and it went from that to like twenty. I think during the week. And then you got the last five. The last five, yeah. <laughs> during the week, and now it's 25. I think the yeah. seller might pay 30 now. Yeah, I hear uh, on the weekdays. Well, I'm sorry, weekdays. And then the weekends, they're they're up there like, it's like a lot, right? 100 at the seller and 125 around the corner at the underground. My God. Yeah. The, the, there's a lot more seats there, I guess. Well, it's crazy because, I mean, if you think about it, that's, that's since 2000. Um the seller has doubled, you know, more than doubled at the underground. It went from 50 in 2001 to uh, now it's 100 and 125. So that's, you know, Jeez, that's that is significant. Well, the seller keeps up. The seller is a comedy savvy, uh, savvy place, obviously. And the yeah. seller is like, a, I mean, a, the, there's no amateur show there ever that I know of. Yeah, and Noam is smart. But he realizes, you know, he, and he also listens to his credit. He, he really listens to comics. Some people pay lip service, but he he's actually taken the initiative. Well, no, <laughs> there hasn't been, if you're not involved, there hasn't been any organizing. I'm pretty sure of that. You know? <laughs> and now it's so different because it's um, it, it used to. There was a time. Oh boy, like, you know more about this than I do. But like when when people would talk about being passed at a comedy club. And I haven't heard that in a long time. Right. It seems like it's gone by the wayside. Well, a, a couple of younger guys were telling me recently that they were past the cellar and asking, like, why am I not getting spots or whatever? You know, she passed me, but but I'm not getting booked. And I'm like, you know, if if you're getting booked one week and not the next, then you have passed in the cellar. <laughs> that's what it, that's what it's like. Yeah. Welcome to uh, welcome to the cellar. Right. And uh, don't talk to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, uh, Especially there, um, the uh, passing, like I guess, what was system or something like that? Like I, it used to be anywhere though, comic strip or or uh, stand up New York or, I guess Caroline's Gotham. They all had. I think here's my theory on it: is that central booking has kind of gone by the wayside. There's not like one booker at most places. What like there is at the cellar still. Right, right. There, you know, like uh, a lot of produce shows. Yeah. Bringer shows, things like that. That's true. That's changed it a lot. Yeah, because pretty much all the main clubs used to have one person. Do you think that's good or bad for comedy? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess it's good any time that there isn't one gatekeeper, you know. Uh, but maybe it kind of loses a little bit of the luster because, uh, you know, you're not imbuing one person like uh, Lucian or whoever it is with like s- that kind of status. Like Estes probably the I guess, well, maybe, you know, yeah, Estee's uh, probably the, the lone person who has that much power, the way Lucian did. Right, Estee, maybe Greg Judge. Greg, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greg up and stand up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, uh, you know, like whoever we want to just throw in there. But uh, uh, with with getting past and stuff, like Lucian there it was at the comic strip for a long time, right? Yeah, I think since its inception, because I think he initially he was like the carpenter, 
that like built the room and yeah. started booking it. Yeah. That's one of the great stories. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, Rick Messina, I think, was um, the bartender at uh, the Punchline in Atlanta. Right. And he ends up managing, uh, well, everybody. Right, right. And Drew Carey and, and Tim Allen. Well, my first manager was um, Jeff Sussman, who uh, I think his first client might have been Bob Nelson, who was like a big regional act in the 80s. Bob but, Nelson, yeah. Well, he was a hu- he was huge. He Bob was Nelson, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he be, he was became national. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, he was like a Long time. Island guy. Oh you okay. Know? Yeah, that when when Jeff Sussman, I think, had been a bartender at the old East Side Comedy uh, Comedy Club on Long Island. Mm-hmm. So then he went on to manage. Now he has like Joe Rogan, Kevin James. So he's got some big boys now. But I'd say he does. Yeah. And, and I guess you fired him like, you know, it's not working out. Yeah, I, I did <laughs> in my wisdom. I fired him because he actually, at the time that Kevin James got King of Queens, uh, I was kind of like the third or fourth client on his roster and felt more and more like an afterthought. Yeah. And I was just, you know, working the road in like these B and C rooms. So it was clear to me that like I was no longer, if I ever was, um, a priority. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, I think the same with managers as comedians. Like, when you get your dream client, you lock in with them, you know. So he had Joe and he had Kevin. So those were going to be his big dogs, and that makes perfect sense, you know. And I was still young and probably, you know, 10 years away from, you know, doing anything. Anyway. And that's still, and, and even 10 years is still pretty fast. Sure. Uh, or maybe it just seems that way when you're in for 20 years. <laughs> and you're going, hey. <laughs> Uh, but that, you know, that uh, some people do this forever and nothing ever happens. Some people, you see them and you, you know, they're open micers right. perpetually forever. Yeah. What do you think drives somebody like that to keep doing comedy? I mean, who knows, man? Everyone does it for different reasons, you know, and, and there is no rhyme or reason. I remember talking to Esty about like, like this very thing. Like, do you ever, did you ever predict this person or that person? would be that big and you know even even she doesn't you know she didn't as much comedy as she's seen none of us really knows who's going to break that big i mean i do do remember when i first saw amy having a feeling like she's got something you know she's like she's good and determined and very Mm -hmm. much uh self-possessed and funny yeah but you don't but you still don't know you know I, I mean, to get to the level that she's at, that's, no, no. the stars have to align. I think she could be president someday. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that's, in fact, it almost seems like a inevitability. That's <laughs> <laughs> maybe not this year. That would be a step down. Though, why would she, yeah. you know, take a demotion <laughs> from the track she's on? Well, she's gonna do everything first, though. Right, right. You know, she'll win an Oscar. That's right. Maybe a Grammy. Yeah, an Oscar Grammy winner, like. Uh, like one of the guys that we've talked about on the show a lot, uh, Joseph Brooks. Do you know Joseph Brooks? He wrote "You Light Up My Life." The song? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a movie too. Oh, so he the, wrote the movie. The movie is apparently very forgettable. Okay. The song sticks with you forever. Yeah. <laughs> Won a Grammy and an Oscar, and then and the movie. Just, like I said, just just uh, I want to see the movie. After I read a description of that and another movie that he made, I thought, man, this guy he makes the movies that are he's like. Ed Wood level bad, I think, almost, <laughs> you know, except like with money. Wow. Yeah, uh, I'd be curious. But anyway, he killed himself a few years ago with a, the exit bag. He used, the you know, the helium bag. Oh, wow. Um, which is an interesting way to kill yourself. Very painless. Uh, and How does uh, that work? And exactly? quick. Well, you get like a, a helium tank and you have a, uh, like a plastic, like something like a dry cleaner bag or something like that kind of a plastic bag. Yep. And you wear that on your head and you have helium and the helium I don't know what it does to your brain, but apparently, I bet the last few minutes are hilarious. You know, <laughs> high-pitched whales. Yeah, yeah, just uh, you know, um, a cacophony in your head of that kind of shit. But I, I, I really don't know how it works, like scientifically, or medically, or anything. Yeah, 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 man. I, I was just watching the uh, Kurt Cobain documentary, one of them about. Uh, I think it kind of takes the takes the stance that uh, Courtney Love had him killed, uh, that it wasn't a suicide, in fact. Really? Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, what do you think of that? Do you think that he killed himself? Um, I mean, having watched the documentary, a few, a few different ones now, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it's beyond p- 
possibility that she might have had him killed to mm. uh, to make some money. Had him killed instead of she didn't pull the trigger though. Um, I yeah, see, I I don't see, know. without seeing the documentary, I feel like I, maybe I shouldn't walk right into that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I think either one is possible. Any any of the above are possible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't rule anything out. But I know that they closed the case really quickly, and like the current um, chief of police in Seattle wanted to reopen the case, and uh, they disallowed it hmm. for some reason or other. But it was very quickly kind of put to rest, very which was mysterious as well. That is mysterious. Yeah, yeah anything they figure out like immediately. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why was that so easy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, like when Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, his wife died, uh, suffocated on some bedclothes <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she apparently just, just forgot how to sleep. Yeah. And uh, woke up dead, and, and they, they got her in the ground quick. Uh-huh. They paid for a private autopsy. They didn't want any shit. And then he wrote a whole lot of shaking yeah. going on. <laughs> I that was him, was, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, a whole lot of shaking, great balls of fire, uh, and uh, many others. But you know, like that was. I think he was into well into his country career by then. Mm. You know, he switched to country because they were a lot more forgiving about that thirteen-year-old cousin business. <laughs> right. Which that's the good thing about the country music, uh, you know, fans. They're they're really supportive about some shit like that. Not, not judgmental at all. Oh, like, you know what? We can let this go. Yeah. I knew somebody who did this once, <laughs> and they couldn't sing at all. everywhere you know so I mean you're talking about even if it's casual contact or there's got to be all sorts of health like how does any restaurant pass 